everyone. Welcome to the Gateway Women podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. I have a guest with us today. I'm super pumped about having her with us, JJ Barrows. Woo! Insert applause. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. So JJ has been to Pink Impact. Um, when else have you been with us? I was here for the marriage conference. Marriage actually, conference. Oh, not Pink Impact. Not Pink Impact. Yeah. I can't keep last up, y'all. You know what it is. Uh, okay. Marriage conference. I heard it was y'all's first one. Yes. So it was awesome to yes. be a part of the inaugural marriage conference. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you will be with us, actually. So we're recording this podcast right now, but tonight you're going to be speaking. Um, at, yeah, at our laugh night. Ladies so, laugh night. Ladies laugh night is happening. Now, by the time this, you know, podcast releases, it will have already happened. So if you're not here, sorry, sorry. you missed it. Next time. Yeah, next time, <laughs> next time. Um, okay, so JJ, you are a stand-up comedian. And that is just a very interesting job to have. <laughs> it is. I agree. Like, that is a very, not everybody grows up to be a stand-up comedian. Not many people do that. So, yeah. I would just love to hear about your life, how you kind of like, just like set it up for us. Like, what's your life how like? Yeah, how it <laughs> happened, you know, um, and then we can get into more details, but okay. but just set up like, yeah, what was your life like? And then what, Ooh. how did you get into what comedy? What was my life like? <laughs> Probably why I got into comedy. I mean, for real, that's <laughs> yeah. what I mean, it is, it is. Yeah. It was de I definitely stumbled upon it by accident. So I grew up in South Carolina a uh, preacher's kid. My dad's a pastor at a, a Southern Baptist church there, and I'm a middle child of four. Um, people who have seen my comedy before know that all my siblings are, have B names, Bonnie, Bobby, and Betsy, and then I'm JJ, so like by <laughs> default, it's like, what's going on there? There's also like extended family that all have the B names, so. That's so funny. Yeah, that kind of I mean, your parents say, like, did they realize that? My mom said it was, no, it was an accident. So my younger brother and sister are twins. Oh. And when she was pregnant with them, you know, back in the day, they didn't have all the equipment they have now for um, sonograms and stuff. And so when she was pregnant, there was only one heartbeat. So she thought the whole time she was only having one baby. Well, she thought she was having more because she felt movement. And the doctor was like, no, there's only one heartbeat, but their hearts were beating in sync. Oh my So when goodness. she gave birth to the one that was coming after me, she gave birth and then the doctor's like, there's another one in there. So oh, they wow. ended up having twins and they had these really good friends, Bobby and Betsy. And so they just named the twins Bobby and after, Betsy. Their, after their friends. good buddies. And so she says the B name thing was an accident. Um, <laughs> but all the dogs you've ever had, Buddy, Biscuit, Benny Boy, Beatrice, Beauregard, like I don't know how it happened by accident, but they kind of just kept going. So- I think by default, I always just kind of deep down was like, do I belong here? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, so that sense of belonging. Those subliminal things, yes. especially as a child, it just is yeah. real. It's a real thing. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the childhood background. And then I moved to Chicago in like my 20s. And probably around that time is also when I started seeing a therapist yeah. process some of life's struggles. And I remember seeing the therapist and she was like, so at what point did you realize that you were a middle child and that you had been skipped over with all the B names? I was like, um, now, <laughs> like right now, right this second. And so like, we joked about it growing up, but then, you know, in therapy, I was like, I don't even know if I, I, I didn't know I was mad about that. Like, uh, I just paid that woman to make me mad about the whole 
<laughs> name thing. So we joke about it now that it it played a role in my sense of like, where do I fit into this world? But who knows? Maybe, maybe it did. But I think that plays a role in eventually maybe finding comedy because I think my whole life theme is kind of like, where do I fit? Where do I belong? I've, I have a hard time feeling like I kind of fit anywhere. I mean, I've lived all over South Carolina, Chicago, Portland, San Diego, like and everywhere I've gone, even though I've loved all those places, it's really been hard for it to feel like home. And the same mm. thing with jobs I've had. I mean, you name it. I've been like a barista, a, a nanny, a chef, a flight attendant, um, an assistant, uh, all the things. And they last, but for so long, yeah. you know, doing them. And then I am kind of like back at square one. What am I, what's my purpose? What yeah. am I doing? You know, and, yeah. and, and I think it, when you're younger, especially in the church, you think your purpose has to do with your job or your, yeah. your calling, you know, what do you, what are you here to do in this world? What are you called to do? Yes. Do, do, do. <laughs> and, um, I've just kind of always struggled with that. Well, I was going through another really just hard season of life because life comes in waves. Like I've definitely had my seasons where I've, I mean, I've gone through rehab, I've gone through therapy, I've gone through recovery where I'm on the other side and I'm like, I'm recovered and I'm the poster child. Mm -hmm. But at those seasons, I didn't know life was going to hit again, you yeah. know, and it would get hard again and I would have to choose. Am I choosing recovery or am I choosing, you know, this road? And so I was going through another one of those really hard seasons and what I needed was consistent therapy. But at mm -hmm. the time I was a barista and I couldn't afford it. And I remember Googling um, just alternatives to therapy, cheaper alternatives to therapy or like life hacks, how to get unstuck, how to get out of your head, stuff yeah. like that. And one of the main things that kept coming up was improv comedy classes. And I was like, interesting. And I knew improv was kind of like a group scenario and you make up stuff on the spot and you play yeah. off of each other. And you know, it said, it's a really good way to just, you get out of your own head. It teaches you to play. Yeah. Um, you, you just, you're in community, you know, you're doing some yeah. other people. And so a six week class was about the same as like a two hour therapy session. And I was like, well, that at least will give me six weeks longer. Yes. Know, of, of, of feeling okay, maybe. And so I sign up for the class and then I get there. And on the day of the class, the, the teacher was like, Oh, the improv class was full. This is actually a stand up comedy class. And I was like, Oh, well, it's probably the same thing. Like that's how much I did not know about comedy. Like I just, <laughs> I didn't grow up thinking I want to be a comedian. Like I, I, yeah, I yeah, had yeah. no, it was never on my radar. It was never on my grid. And, um, so I'm sitting in the class. You went, you got into comedy as an alternative to therapy. Uh, yeah. I am just like, yeah. that is so amazing right totally. now. Okay, I'm sorry, keep going. No, so I'm sitting in the class and the teacher says, okay, I want everyone to take a turn, get up on stage and say why you're taking this class. And everyone that got up there was like, oh, I've always wanted to be a comedian or this is on my bucket list or I'm just so inspired by Robin Williams. And I'm sitting there like, I am a fraud. <laughs> I don't, and I want to fit in, right? That's my MO. I, I, and so I'm trying to think in my mind, like, what do I say? Yeah, what, what do I say? Who do I, I couldn't even think of any comedians because I didn't follow comedy. Yeah, I just yeah. was like, someone's got to be a comedian. Like, yeah. and so I'm, I'm thinking and I get up on stage and I, I, I blank. And so I just tell the truth and I say, honestly, like, I just couldn't afford therapy. <laughs> and so I, I took a comedy class and they all started laughing. And the teacher was like, that's funny. And I was like, oh, I was being serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they laughed again. And it was this aha moment where I realized I didn't have to hide, you know, 
who I was or what I was insecure about to try and impress other people. I could just actually show up as myself and actually voice what it was that I was insecure about. And not only would I feel free in doing so, but other people laughed because they could relate. Yes. Because we all have our own insecurities. And that's the best comedy when you're laughing from a place of, oh, I know how that feels. Yes. You know, like I'm not into like comedy that really like digs on people or makes fun of other people just because I know how that feels myself. Yeah. But comedy where it's like a story driven kind of life experience Mm -hmm. that other people can relate to Mm -hmm. because they know how that feels. Mm -hmm. Um, When I realized that was a type of comedy or a form of comedy that comedy itself was a form of storytelling. Yeah. Just adding in humor. Yeah. I was like, Oh wow. There's, there's something here that fits for me. Um, It's still such a gnarly job. And to this day, sometimes (laughs) every month I'm like, I think I'll quit. Um, (laughs) But it's the longest I've ever stuck with a job. Like Uh, for for as, as hard as it is, sometimes there's something about it that I love enough that I still keep coming back and and doing it. Mm. I call it the best worst job ever. Yeah. It's like, cause it's really, it's, it is really hard and comedy is a dark industry. It's, it's a hard to mm. be a part of. It's a, it's hard to feel included in. Um, but I know that I'm supposed to be where I am. And yeah. so I just keep showing up and I say, I, you know, I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to keep walking in this direction until you, until you say otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a road. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, how do you how do you deal with how do you walk out being in an industry that is I mean, I'm assuming very competitive, yes. very like um cutthroat, like it just naturally is. Also like people are I mean, just judging, you yeah. know? Like yeah. it's a very perf- I mean, it is a performance-driven type yeah. industry with the whole your life of I don't know if I fit here. I don't fit here. I don't feel like I fit here. So how do you manage that? Because I think that the people that are listening, they have their version of that. You know, whatever they've been involved in, if they already have. And I think there's a level of every person at some point in their life, if not frequently, doesn't feel like they fit. Mm -hmm. So if everybody feels like that, I feel like it could be a benefit for somebody to hear. How, how do you yeah. deal with that? Like, yeah. how do you cope with that? How do you walk that out? Uh, I cry a lot. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's I real. I feel my That's feelings. Real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I allow myself to feel my feelings. Um, yeah. I mean, it is an emotional roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing for me is, and I'm not just saying this because I'm in a church related podcast, <laughs> but the thing for me is, I have to have a foundation other than um, the applause of the audience, so to speak. Like, I have to have a foundation other than my own talent, other than the opportunities that I'm given, other than um, just anything related to me essentially, like, doing a good job. Because it's, it's such a weird job because, to a degree, like, people have to like you in yeah. order to do what you do, right? Yeah. Like you ha- you have to have an audience. Yeah. You have to, as they say, build an audience or attract followers. Like yeah. you, and I have such a hard time, social media as well. It's like, it's such a, I have such a tension with Love, it, hate, right? relationship. Yes. Yeah. It's like you, you, <laughs> you need it. You need to grow your audience, so to yeah. speak, to be able to do your job. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, you cannot depend on 
the audience liking you in order to feel good about yourself or know who you are because in that sense then you're only ever going to be as good as your last show mm. right like you're only ever going to feel as good as the last show felt or if the show didn't go as well you're going to feel as low yeah as are that. you so, in a deep dark hole somewhere yeah you will ride high and then you will crash hard mm. and so emotionally it's a roller coaster just in general so like if i didn't have my personal faith like at the very least like a foundation where i can go to to be like god i need you to remind me who i am i need mm. you to remind me who you are i need you to remind me that it matters for me to keep showing up even yeah. though none of it feels like it matters right now yeah. um because without that i just i i see why people in the entertainment industry and especially comedy like end up going off the deep end and some of them you know very sadly we end up losing like they yeah. they take their own lives be because it is such a it's such a high and then it's such a crash mm. and the audience will turn on you for as much as it's oh, your yeah. job to build an audience <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like in the bible yo like G jesus they were praising him uh, uh. one weekend and three days later they were like nail him uh, yeah you know? like yeah it, and and that is what they'll do and so it's so bizarre how you have to like love on your audience and you know love you and it's this give and take but at the same time like you can't devote all of who you are to them because they're fickle yeah like, they will they will turn on you in a heartbeat yeah. and then you're left with thinking i'm nothing and i'm nobody yeah. and i'm yeah. not good enough and i'm this and i'm that and it can feel that way but that doesn't mean it's true yeah and so that's for me where my faith comes in is having done therapy for so long, I've had to realize, okay, my feelings are valid. I am going to validate my feelings, but also my feelings does not mean that this is true. Yes. So there needs so to be a balance. Yes. Cause sometimes in the church, it's like stuff the feelings. Yeah. You don't have feelings. On, yeah. yeah. Have more faith, pray more. Feelings are not your friend. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's been very important to validate my feelings, mm. you know, but then also choose to believe, okay, these feelings are not my ultimate truth or even yes. my ultimate reality right now. Yeah. So it's definitely so hard good. to navigate those those ups and downs. Um, but it's just it's a it's an everyday process and I haven't mastered it. You know, I definitely like I just kind of take it as it comes and see how each show feels or Shows are great. It's, ex it's existing in life in between the shows. That's yeah. the hard part. Yeah. You know, like the anxiety inducing, the pressure of, the uh, the amping up, you know, the nerves, all the things. Yeah. So I love performing. I love getting to connect with an audience. And, and more than, I love making people laugh, but more than that, I love making people feel seen and known and like it matters yeah. that they're that they're here because I know I didn't feel that for so long and yeah. so to get to be someone who says gets to say that to an audience for me is such a gift yeah so I try to look at it when comedy gets hard yeah I try to look at it like that my job as a comedian um is not to get people to avoid pain yeah it's to <laughs> it's to help people find joy in the process of it because yes. life is yes pain, right yeah so when I realized I could do that with comedy that it doesn't have to be this slapstick yeah, yeah, yeah avoid yeah, all the hard yeah, stuff yeah. nor does it have to be this dark crass, yeah yeah weird icky thing there can be this middle ground place of like it's just about enjoying life you know in the midst of it being hard you got into comedy 
by way of searching for therapy. And yet I feel like what's really cool about that is now you come in as a sort of therapist for people. (laughs) I mean, really like, uh, how many people and that's one of the reasons why we have laugh night for our women's ministry is like sometimes you just need to like laugh it off yeah sometimes you just gotta like you know what laughter is good for my like god created our bodies to need laughter like it releases tension it releases the junk so like just laugh until you cry there's this song that yeah from, I don't remember when I was like in high school or something. It says, laugh so you don't cry. Laugh so you don't cry. Laugh so you don't cry. And I'm like, that is so true. Like sometimes when you're going through things in your life, it's like, am I just like, like we cry. It is what it is. Yeah. But like, can I just laugh about this? Like, I'm just going to choose to laugh about this. Our washer and dryer went out. Then um, the dishwasher went out. In between that, my coffee maker, which... If you take out my coffee maker, yeah. I know you're the devil, like for sure. So, and then um, I went to get some towels for my kids out from underneath their sink and they were all soaking wet. The, um, the whatever pipe had Earth. come undone and was just like pouring and everybody been using that sink and just yeah. pouring water yeah. in there. The whole thing was soaking wet. And I was like, told my husband, I was like, babe, get in here. And I'm just like sitting on the floor laughing. He's like, this is not funny, Bridget. And I was like, I'm choosing to laugh right now because I have no other option. I either cry or or I laugh laugh because it is like this, you know, like week of unfortunate events, you know? So, uh, I'm going to choose to laugh. Yeah. And then we had a few other things that I was like, I'm just, and I like, I genuinely laughed. Yeah. Not like a fake laugh. I genuinely laughed because I was like, I have no other option. It oh, is, totally. I'm just going to laugh about this. Yeah, I've definitely been in the middle of like a cry session, you know, whether it's me just like processing stuff or me talking to the Lord and I'm, you know, talking, crying or whatever. And then it's like, and I feel like all there is to do is just laugh. And I just, and then, and then I you laughing laugh. in the middle of crying and then I'll go back to crying, <laughs> you know, or I've definitely like, oh, where was I? COVID, you know, that was a hard season for everybody, Everybody. right? Like just everybody. And like my, I feel like my career was really starting to kind of like take off right before COVID hit. Like I had just booked all these tours. Oh, wow. um, Like three national tours, one in Canada. And I was like, here we go. 2020 is a year, man. You know, like Uh I think a lot of people were like, 2020 is a year. Yeah, 2020. Clear vision, 2020. Like Mm. all in. Yeah. Mm. All the, March, right, was kind of like when, when things we had like finalized all these bookings and then like two, three weeks later was when the world shut down. And as we all know, live events gone. Mm. And it went from like, oh, it'll be like a couple weeks to like oh, a couple months oh, yeah. to, you know, and, and all the tours are, oh, we're, we're going to reschedule them to the fall. And then it was like, okay, next spring. Okay, next fall, you know, and then, yeah. And then eventually like they just canceled all together. And that period of, you know, not performing, not interacting with society, like not seeing your people. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm an introvert. So there were parts of it that I like love. Yeah. Yeah. You were okay with great. I am fully charged. Like I don't have to see anybody. Um, but there are other parts of it that were, that were really difficult sickness and all that stuff aside, you know, just people not going to work or not seeing their families. And for me feeling like I had found a direction and a purpose and really all of this like evidence of see here's how it's going to unfold and then for it to be gone yes it was just really hard and I remember like gosh I think it was like 
uh, late into 2021, and I can't, I can't believe I can't remember where I was, but I remember I was sitting somewhere at some event and it was like one of the first events back and I wasn't, I, I wasn't performing. It was somebody else. And I was sitting there and I started laughing and I laughed so hard. And I had this, and I realized I haven't laughed this hard in so mm. long. I forgot what it felt like. And I started crying because <laughs> it just felt <laughs> so good to laugh that hard. Like it yeah, literally yeah. felt like it'd been two years. Yes. I think since I laughed that hard, then I got a little jealous that it wasn't me making people <laughs> laugh that hard. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's such, that's why comedy is so weird. Yeah, like, yeah. It's also hard to enjoy other comedians because all you're thinking the whole time is, oh, that was a good one. That was you a know, good like, line. I wish Why I wrote did I that? do that? Yeah. Um, but it is. It's such a healing. It's such a healing thing. And, I mean, I've talked to, like, doctors and stuff before. I did a show recently just uh, out in Sonoma a couple weeks ago, and a, a guy came up to me afterwards who introduced himself and said, I just want you to know, like, I'm a doctor, and I, I work with a lot of patients, and I love what you do and kind of how you incorporate talking about some of the pain that you've gone through. And he said, all of the patients and the research that we do, no matter what medications we put them on, the ones that do the best, that recover faster or quicker, are ones who experience laughter. He like goes into- Wow. He said, I'll I'll never be able to repeat it because it was like all this research based, you know, it's like when Brene Brown talks, it's like half of it is amazing, (laughs) the other half is like, what (laughs) did she say? Por qué? Yeah, so it felt like that. Um, but his essential message was laughter was such a huge part mm. of the healing process. Mm. And that made me feel good. I was like, so you're basically calling me a doctor. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Hey, I called you a therapist. Yeah. I mean, there you go. And I love it. I'll take it. Doctor, therapist, like <laughs> it's my way of, quote, um, helping people. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've always wondered how to do that because, you know, sometimes you in the church as well, it's like, oh, what's your who's your, like, what group of people are you passionate about? You know, mm. and this is where you go serve, you mm. know, whether it's women or children or people who are homeless or um, the sick or the elderly, right? And so you have people who have this, I'm um, very passionate about, like, this group of people, and this is where I serve and da-da-da. And that's all, that's amazing, yeah. and that's great, and I love when people have a heart for very specific, people that have heart for teens, I think, are amazing because they they need it right they need people to really like pour into their lives I've always struggled to know like who is my specific group of people that I have a heart for because I've this is not me being like look at me I just I just everybody needs help yeah every everybody is just so it doesn't matter where you're at in life we're all in need of so much help and I have always felt overwhelmingly helpless in Mm. being aware of that yeah it doesn't mean I can't figure out a group to go help, but I've always felt so overwhelmed by, yeah, I, I can help over here, but like look over here yeah. and look over there and da 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 da. And with comedy, it's bizarre because I feel like I did find a way to kind of universally mm-hmm. pour out in a way that at the very least feels like I'm reaching different groups of people. Yeah. Not that I like it's up to me to reach them by any means, but it feels like there's something about it that makes me feel less chaotic and less helpless about doing something. Yeah. Um, it, it's when it's fulfilling for me, but it's also meeting a need for other people. That's where I'm like, God has to be in there somewhere. Yeah. You know? So for as hard as it is, I I do consider it such a gift to get to be able to do it. 
And that's why you talk yourself out of quitting every month, right? All the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. So this, I have a question for you because this is like a, it's kind of a silly one, but I don't know. Maybe it's not silly. Um, you're wearing a Dolly hat right now. Yes. Okay, so I remember us talking at marriage conference, I guess, about your love for Dolly Parton. Yes, so so much so. Yeah, what what is so this love? Where love. did this love come from? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I've always loved her music. Yeah, but I would say I really like got into Dolly, so to speak, <laughs> when COVID hit, and we're all left with all this extra time. And <laughs> and I, Just a I deep dive. Yeah, I ended up. Um, I read her, one of her early memoirs and mm. I remember thinking, this woman has got so much more depth than I thought she did. You know, cause as a kid, you see her kind of as like a character. Yes. Like she's this yes. almost like cartoon character. And I always was kind of like wowed by her, like all the, the mm. glitz and the, the glitz glam. And glam and, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of just how I saw her. And then, you know, teens, twenties, you're like, oh yeah. And I love her music, like whatever. She's really good. But actually like reading her her story hearing her tell her story mm -hmm. there's something about when you hear someone else's version yeah i was like whoa this chick is about so much more mm. than glitz and glam and music and, and and all the things and i mean i think one of the most profound things i read that she says you know she said i know what i'm doing with what i look like people think people think that i'm a joke what they don't know is i'm in on the joke i created this mm. i give some th something people for people to look at. I give people something to look at, but then once they're looking in my direction, I say something worth saying. Mm. I don't waste that attention that is yeah. put on me. And I was like, <laughs> and she's a woman of deep faith. She's a smart, savvy businesswoman. Mm. She is um, a woman who gives back, who loves the community, who takes care of her family, people in Tennessee. Like, I, I don't know if people know about her imagination library program where she gives free kids to book free books, books. to kids she gives free kids <laughs> she gives free books to kids um every month up to the age of like seven I think um I mean it's a worldwide she gives millions and millions and millions of books away each year for free just so that people can read to learn because her dad didn't know how to read mm. and so that was like one of her things and so for her to be this, for me as an entertainer, right, especially as someone who's always struggled with fitting in and then also wondering, you know, like what people think of her. For me, Dolly became this representation of she's just herself and she doesn't care what people think, right? But at the same time, she loves people and she is kind to them. So it's not mm. as simple as like, I'm me, I don't care. Yeah. You know, screw you guys or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. She loves people and she's kind to people. She also is an incredibly smart businesswoman, does not let people take advantage of her or her work. Mm. She's also very talented, right? So not everybody that's famous for being whatever, it means yeah, they're like yeah, talented yeah. in what they do. <laughs> and she also maintains maintains her deep sense of faith. Mm. She doesn't push it on anybody, but nor does she apologize for it. Mm. And so the fact that she can be an entertainer who reaches so many people and so many people love her, but has not compromised who she is or her faith yeah. in the entertainment industry yeah. while being successful at business is like, I don't think people understand how <laughs> I know I'm like, man, I want to read this yeah. memoir. What? It is, it is insane next to impossible to maintain that. Cause look at the people who are like yeah, yeah, superstars yeah. whose yeah, yeah. lives have yeah, fallen apart. Fall apart yeah. big time. But she maintains like who she is. And I think a lot of that, and she would say has to do with 
her faith and, and who she is. And I love that she, and I feel that same way. I've really struggled with the faith piece and how that plays out in life, right? Especially growing up in the church, especially growing up in an evangelistic family, because that part of like harvest the numbers and grow the kingdom and rhetoric like that mm. never resonated with me mm. in part because I personally struggled to believe a lot of the stuff for myself. So if I'm struggling to believe it for myself, how am I supposed yeah. to convince other people? Yeah. You know, and just, and just phrases like grow the numbers and harvest the kingdom. I just was like, this sounds like a job, like more than anything <laughs> else. And it's not really a job I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah. Um, so for me, and even though I grew up in the church, I really say I did not know Jesus personally until I was in college. Mm. And discovering that it was a personal relationship, that mm. it was actually personal, that mm. I wasn't just a number in the crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, and that Jesus says that he will build his church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll do it. Like, that to me was like, it felt more like freeing. Yeah. And then the passage, I don't I'll butcher it. I'm a paraphraser for sure. But <laughs> the passage was either Peter or Paul, whoever was like, uh, be ready to answer when people ask about your faith. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I I love that. And I I feel like Dolly does she she will talk about her faith. She has no problem doing it, but she's not out there trying to convince you this is the way that you should live and what you should do. And yeah. I'm trying to grow the kingdom and harvest the numbers and da -da -da. what about that is appealing to people? I, yeah. I I I just even sometimes when I do devotionals that are like, think of the people who need to know Jesus and da 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 and part of me is like, I'm still struggling to know Jesus yeah. and I want to care about other people coming in, but I have to start by being honest about my own heart condition, mm. which is right now I am in a season where I'm struggling to believe this and I need yeah. to get right with what I believe first yeah. before I can even be in a place of making someone else think like, yeah, it's totally worth it. You should follow him. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and so I feel like she just, she does that so well where she doesn't, she, it's such a weird combination of, she doesn't shy away from her faith, nor does she shove it in your face. Yeah. And that has always resonated with me because I've never known how I fit as a, as a believer in this world, but who doesn't, in all honesty, I'm, I don't know if I can say this on a church podcast, but I'm not trying to grow the kingdom. Yeah. That said, I hope that my <laughs> life, <I'm not. laughs> I hope that my life yeah. can and will be a reflection to a degree that people are like, whoa, what's this about? Yeah. And that leads to an honest, genuine conversation yeah. of, of what my life and who my life is actually about. Yeah. If that makes sense. So that's my whole spiel on Dolly and why, why she's, she's people are like, who sp inspires you comedically? I, again, I got into comedy late. I don't know, yeah. you know, comedians and I don't watch a lot of comedy because it makes me anxious. <laughs> who inspires me as an entertainer, as a businesswoman, as a female in a male dominated industry and as a woman of faith Dolly Parton. <laughs> I, that is so awesome. Yeah. See, I didn't know all of that about her. I mean, I knew some of that, but I wouldn't say to the degree. So I'm like, Ooh, I want to go read this. Yeah. This memoir or autobiography. Is that what it is? Yeah. She's great. I mean, she's, she's funny too. I mean, she's a comedian, her comedic timing. If you see her live, like her, her comedic timing is just like so spot on. So she does inspire me as a comedian, but she's oddly she like, a, she's a preacher without being a preacher. Yeah. She's an yeah. artist. She, I mean, she just, she's so many things and she wears so many hats and wigs, as she would say. Yeah. That I just, for me, it helps to have someone tangible to yes. look at, to say, okay, Absolutely. this is possible. Yes. This is possible to be a woman in a male dominated industry mm -hmm. 
to not apologize for my talent to, you know, cause especially as a woman, it's very easy to, Oh, just take what you can get and mm. be grateful and just be glad that you can be a part of it. And it's like, you have to learn how to like own your value yep. and, and you know what you're worth, but then also to still be a person of faith. So to, to say, no, look, I see it. It's, it's possible. Yeah. I actually don't have to fit in this box. I've seen Dolly break all the boxes. Yeah. And so, you know, I wish I was, a, I, I can admit I'm not a trailblazer. Like, you know, I, I admire the trailblazers who like, it's never been done, so I'm gonna do it. Like, yeah. I am admittedly not that person. I'm the person <laughs> that's like, I need to see evidence <laughs> and then I'll try, Yeah, you know? And so. <laughs> but how cool is it then that the next generation will see you and you'll be that for the next generation. Yeah. Hey, she did it, Yeah. so oh, I can cool. do it, yeah, you know? Cool and, and eventually people will not know as much about Dolly. Yeah. And they'll talk about JJ. So like, (laughs) you know, you'll be the person that they say, well, she did it, so I can do it. And then they go a little bit farther. Yeah. You know, so if everybody can kind of just make a little way, even if you're not trailblazing, I know that like, yes, Dolly is a trailblazer, but like, you know, and there's other people who have gone before in different industries in different places or whatever. But if we can just kind of take it a little bit farther, whatever the Lord has called us to do with that little piece, then, you know, it just gives... It gives light to the next generation of women to do all different types of things, whatever God has called them to do. Yeah. And I'll have little uh, diamond-studded JJ hats for them. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Gotta work on my merch line. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, no, wait, but you did make stuff, didn't you? Do you make headbands? Uh, Yeah, I make a lot of stuff. You make a lot of stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do make headbands. Yeah, I do make, like, these party kind of themed, colorful headbands and the whole like because I'm also an artist and so with comedy you know by default I'm kind of the center of attention right because I'm on stage but I love for people to have their moment like I love things like AGT or The Voice you know I cry every golden buzzer or I cry (laughs) when I see people just get validated for their their talent and so with comedy always being the the center of attention with my art I create these headbands that are these huge just like party pieces and I, it's my opportunity to make other people the center of attention. Because when someone wears it, they are, yeah, you like, don't miss them. Yeah. Like they, it is all about, all about them. And so <laughs> I love kind of getting to have that, just a little balance of like, you know, yeah, when I do comedy, the focus is on me. But like with my art, I like getting to create pieces where the focus is on, you know, the person that's, the person that's wearing it. Yeah. So yeah, I do. And I have like Dolly Parton ones and, <laughs> but you know, birthday ones mm. and, you know. Whatever your needs are, I can create it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. Okay, so if people want to follow you, I don't know, like shows or just do you do stuff on yes. Instagram? I'm like, how, where do people find you for find all me. the things? Yeah. You know, please find me. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> try to grow my audience. Just kidding. Yeah, I um no yeah definitely Instagram. Just my name, JJ Barrows. If you want to see my art, JJ Barrows art. Um, and then I have a website, jjbarrows.com, and that's kind of where I you know book I wrote a book you can find my book my art shows stuff like that okay, cool. videos I do you know I'm on YouTube but basically if you just type in JJ Barrows on any platform you'll it probably just, find me okay either being annoying or crying mm. so. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. making people laugh or making people laugh yeah well thank you so much for joining us um I I do feel like laughter is such a key to um healing and you know, a piece of joy and all of that. And COVID was hard, 
But I feel like women's lives just can be very full. And, um, you know, laughter is just so good for the soul, good for the, the heart and the mind to bring clarity to things and just realize like, okay, this isn't quite as big as I was making it or you know what it's that big and I'm yeah. still gonna just choose to laugh about it yeah. like because yeah. <laughs> what else what other choice do I have you know right. I can just keep crying or I can turn this around yeah. um so so I love what you do thank you for being here thank thanks you. for coming to marriage conference we do have um marriage conference coming up in October so you can go to gatewaymarriageconference.com um October 26th and 27th I believe so um join us for that thank you so much for being here on the podcast today thank you for having me. and we will see you next time <laughs>